vaccination. That's what's coming, folks. Mandatory vaccinations. If you don't realize that's what's coming, you don't have a good grasp of politics or reality. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bloodlines of May 17th, 2020. But this is a pre-recorded episode. And uh, nevertheless, the the show is going to be the usual fare of diagnosing scripture and applying it to the current events and the bloodlines of the Bible, which are clearly spelled out throughout the entire Bible. The good guys, namely the bloodline of Seth, and the bad guys, the bloodline of Nachash, the Canaanites, the Edomites, and those people known today as Jews. So welcome, Brother Michael. How are you today? I'm doing very good, Eli. I'm so excited to doing those exactly those studies that you were referring to, where we're doing both scriptures and then we connect it to history, and yeah. that is what makes makes this so living. It's so living to see the prophecies coming being fulfilled in front of our eyes, and and then when you're reading history and see all the beasts and everything, it's it's so amazing. I cannot understand how people are not. So, and and golf or in fire to do this because I find it very interesting to do this. Well, it's like the way history is taught in the schools. It's very dull and boring. They just give you names and dates, and they they don't give you the dirt <laughs> behind the scenes. They don't tell you about who the bankers were that staged the wars. They don't tell you who the politicians are that were employed by the banksters. And if this is the way history were taught, it would be very interesting. Okay, but the Bible suffers from the same thing. You have all these denominations that teach a pat standard doctrine that uh, never varies and uh, doesn't do what you just talked about, comparing prophecy with history, or even just comparing the Bible record with history, you know, to see, you know, well, is this real? Did this really happen? And one of the things we as Bible scholars have found out is that the Bible is true, every single word of it, it correlates perfectly with history, properly understood. You know, not the liberal version of history or, or any other version of history except the truth, okay? So when you compare the true history of the world with the Bible record, we find, and archaeology has been verifying the Bible ever since it was discovered, you know. So as, as long as there's an advance in archaeology, it tends to verify the Bible, okay? So, yeah, and... Sorry, and isn't that also one of the verses that said that, that the stones will cry out? So even if people didn't uh, uh, believe, I would say, there's so many that are here in this nation that are um, atheistic, but then the, the stones would cry out when they, are, when they dig up this old artifact, it would cry out about the truth in the Bible. Yeah, dust off your Bible, folks, It's not, because there's a lot of truth. In fact, uh, I like to say, the book of Revelation is more current than the daily news, okay? Because the daily news, as more and more people are finding out, is nothing but lies, nothing but fakeitude, and hardly correlates with reality whatsoever. Well, speaking of reality, because America is still primarily in a state of lockdown, there is some good news uh, on this score, however, because this Wisconsin State Supreme Court has overruled the uh, lockdown in the state of Wisconsin. Here in Illinois, we're still under lockdown because Pritzker, 
who is a deep state Jewish billionaire uh, locked in with the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the entire fiasco called COVID-19. He's pushing it really hard. And he says he's going to keep the schools locked down for the entire year. We'll but see about isn't that. that? Go ahead. Sorry, isn't that also very interesting to see those when they sneak out and show uh, who, where this one stems from? We know that from the beginning, it stems from the Edomites, the usual, what do you say, usual suspect, whatever you use to call them. But it is so interesting to see that they are the people you can also, maybe you didn't think that they were Edomites, but then you see how they push this narrative. So then, ah, but then you're pushing it. Ah, you're one of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they're, they're, they are confederate against us, as the Bible says, <laughs> right? And uh, it's a conspiracy, folks. It's a Jewish conspiracy against the white race. They want to exterminate us because Edom hates Jacob. That's the bottom line, folks. And the Jews are Edomites, Canaanites, and uh, most of them today actually are Khazars whose ancestors never set foot in ancient Palestine, therefore cannot possibly be either Hebrews or Shemites or Israelites. We in identity know that the rest of the world needs to wake up. So here, this is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so when you said that, that Edom hates uh, Jacob, but then what did our God, what does he say? That Jacob I love, Esau I hate. There you go. That's uh, that's, uh, the essence. And we have so many denominations that preach love, love, love. Uh, Jesus loves everybody. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I think we're going to quote some of those verses of that so-called love when he comes back with a flaming sword and cuts people asunder. So uh, so let me just uh, do the headline here. This is from Reason.com. Wisconsin Supreme Court says the state's COVID-19 lockdown violated the rule of law and the separation of powers. Yeah, well, I mean, a governor does not have the right or the authority to overrule the U.S. Constitution. Freedom of speech, uh, freedom from uh, search and seizure, etc., etc. I mean, these lockdowns violate all sorts of constitutional provisions. And so here's a uh, a photograph of Chief Justice Patience Roggensack. What what a nice Germanic name. What a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Germanic face, if I've ever seen one. After the Wisconsin Supreme Court overturned that state's COVID-19 lockdown yesterday, Governor Tony Evers, a Democrat, declared that Republicans have thrown the state into chaos. You mean it wasn't in the chaos with the lockdown? It was in chaos. <laughs> yeah. The economy collapsed. Exactly. It created. It's the lockdown that created chaos, not COVID-19. He was referring to how residents might react now that they are no longer legally required to remain at home and keep their businesses closed. But the justices were concerned about a different sort of anarchy, the kind that happens when governments impose sweeping restrictions on individual freedom backed by the threat of criminal penalties without proper legal authority. Hooray! Hooray! Hooray. The court's decision focuses on a technical issue of statutory interpretation. Was Emergency Order 28, which Acting Secretary of Health Services Andrea Palm issued on April 16th, an order, as she maintained, or a rule, as the Republican leaders of the state legislature argued? Well, the no government official has the authority to order 
uh, any anything that's anti-constitutional. The, the Constitution says that very clearly. Numerous rulings have stated such that any order, any rule, any law which violates any any aspect of the U.S. Constitution is itself uh, illegal. Okay, and uh, so the justices have every right to consider whatever uh, this woman said, Andrea Palm. If it was a rule, as the court concluded, it was clearly illegal since Palm admittedly did not follow the statutory requirements for emergency rulemaking. And this is true for virtually every state. They did not follow their statutory uh, credentials. Here in Illinois, for example, the the Governor Pritzker, he had a a 30-day, there is a statute in the Illinois Constitution giving the governor a 30-day emergency declaration power, 30 days. But he illegally extended it beyond 30 days. The Illinois Constitution did not give him that authority. And so he is in violation not only of the U.S. Constitution, but now of the Illinois State Constitution. And since he's a deep state uh, warmonger Jew, uh, he intends to stay there. We're going to have to do the same thing here in Illinois. We're going to have to file a lawsuit and uh, put this guy out of power. That's what we're going to have to do. Over to you. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's so as you get so get so warm to see this the constitution that you you keeping it up that you also have this that everything that goes against it is illegal because here in this nation they have they have changed in the constitution they have they have written in laws that has been undermining our constitution and they and and the legal system is fine with it. For yeah. example, the hate speech law. There's there's one example that that's own undermines the the freedom of speech act. Absolutely. Yeah, well, they try to do that here. Uh, you know, the hate hate speech laws that uh, the ADL has uh, bribed Congress into passing. Uh, nevertheless, uh, they they only prosecute white people for hate speech. They don't prosecute non-whites, which uh, shows you the true intent of the law. Okay. So, but anybody... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, no, the, it's, sorry, it's to defend the, the Rothschild uh, conspiracy against the, white, against the white race. Amen, amen. And so this is what we're really fighting. The average American doesn't know. And this is really why the Jews have promoted non-white immigration into white countries, because these people know nothing from constitutions. They don't even know. They come from countries that there was no constitution. They simply obey the authorities, whoever the authorities are. And that's what the Rothschilds were counting on here in America by importing all of these non-white uh, legal illiterates who obey orders because they don't want to go to jail, right, and have no uh, c- comprehension whatsoever that the U.S. Constitution was by the people. We the people, we the people are the government, not the authorities. The, those authorities are representatives of the people, and they have to obey the law just like we do. They come from societies where that never obtained, where where the government is the law unto itself and the people simply obey. Isn't that the case uh, everywhere except in white nations? Hey, yeah, the, the, they don't have any, any really. They're, if they have constitutions and laws, I'm sure, pretty sure it is coming from us, that they have get, received that from us. That's because right. we are the we are the blessings of the world. We have been that. That was the what you say. They also said this evil uh, colonization was evil. No, it wasn't. We gave more to them than what we took from them. We gave them infrastructure. We gave them uh, society. We gave them a structure in society. 
yeah, the concept of liberty and the right to defend yourself against uh, you know all comers, right, including the government. All right, uh, this is uh, comes from common law, which comes from the Bible, which the white race has retained, not the Jews. The Jews have not promoted any any kind of common law from the Bible. They promote violations of the Bible with their usury, with their dictatorship, with their uh, you know banking operations, bribing, uh, false weights and measures. You name it, the Jews violate the law. It, yeah, just, Every, not just everything is upside law, down, but, but every law. The, the, yes, the, the, yes. Everything okay. they do is upside down. That is how you can identify them. Everything is upside down. They just yeah. twist everything. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, the theme for today's show is well, we're going to start a series on the last chapters of Revelation, starting with the book of uh, Revelation, chapter seventeen, and we're talking about the eighth beast, the mystery Babylon power that rules the world in the end times, okay? and But we're going to start by uh, referencing Revelation chapter 12 because it's very relevant to Revelation chapter 17. So, Brother Michael, if you would uh, start reading uh, Revelation chapter 12, verses 15 through 17, we'll do a quick analysis of that and then jump into Revelation chapter 17. Yes, thank you very much. And this is Revelation chapter 12, number 15. And the serpent cast out of of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth and the dragon was brought with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which kept the commandment of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ okay so there's a lot going on here first in uh, verse 15 it refers to this evil spirit, this evil being, the serpent, uh, being cast out, uh, which was cast out of heaven, okay, and uh, casting out of its mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Well, we talked about the flood of immigrants <laughs> already, and it, uh, as the reasons why the Rothschilds cast this flood of immigrants upon our white nations. Isn't it obvious what's going on here, Michael? Yeah, and it is so interesting that the Jews, uh, they are quoting biblical words for this. They call it a flood, don't they, in the media? That's right, the flood of immigrants, all right, which they have sponsored with all of their money. And this is the important fact, folks, money, the power to create money which is the power that Mystery Babylon has worldwide, not just in one country or another, but globally. This power gives them the power over nations, gives them this economic power, gives them the political power they need to dictate terms to nations via their central organization called the United Nations, which is a non-democratic, non-representative, dictatorial, tyrannical conspiracy by the Rothschilds. That's what it is. And uh, the Rothschild family 
is the number one family of Mystery Babylon. And so verse 16 has been a, a verse of much discussion lately here on Eurofolk Radio because, well, obviously the flood of immigrants that the Jews have flooded our nations with, something's got to happen to those people. And to me, the most obvious thing is, well, there's going to be a civil war, and whether or not these immigrants you know, who, who came here illegally, the vast majority of them came here illegally, and even, even the laws in the 1960s passed by the Jews to favor non-white immigration, that's illegal too. So those, those people who were cast out of the mouth of the serpent, are, I think they're just going to die here and be buried. So the earth opens its mouth and, and swallows them six feet under. Now, but if we have a civil war, it might be open graves with dirt piled on them with bulldozers. That's, could, that could be what happens, Michael. What, what do you think? Yeah, if I'm a bit um, uh, to try that is to say, is the white white race today capable of forging those kind of stuff? If we look at the state of our people, the morality, um, the the what do you say, the central attention of them is is it possible for them? If you have groups that will resist it, uh, they will. They I think it is will be also probably that their own people will come against them and and call them names because the word racist is so so strong in our it makes people so scary to just hear the word so i'm just here yes i'm just uh, to see that possibility i i will uh, that i was i'm looking around myself in in my nation here to see uh, well i don't know because that word is so strong they is so they are so afraid of just that word would come upon them so they rather just see their daughters and wives get raped Mm -hmm. instead of saying something. So I'm just to see this, that the uprising, I have a bit hard time to see it sometimes, to be honest. I don't know. If, I don't know how you view that. Well, yeah, I think it's going to be a race war, but it may actually be preceded by the, the forced inoculation of the population by the government. Okay. By Bill Gates and company. And uh, the entire United Nations, World Health Organization, Centers for Disease Control, the Department of Homeland Security, that, that whole gigantic bureaucracy of globalist government, the, the New World Order that uh, George Bush pro- was talking about, that the bankers have been talking about since 1815, and even Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, she believes in the New World Order too, so we can see they have taken a lot of time, placed their operatives in positions of authority very carefully, very quietly. This whole plan, uh, in, in my opinion, Michael, began in 1815 when the Rothschilds uh, came out of the Napoleonic Wars uh, billionaires because uh, they, their money financed all sides of, uh, of the war. Okay, And so that's how the globalist power of the Rothschilds began. They tried to establish a one-world government already in that year. It was called the Congress of Vienna, but Russia would not agree, and so the plan fell apart. Over to you. 
Yeah, that I've also that I've read that exactly the Congress of Vienna was their first attempt to create this one world government because all the states in in Europe were bankrupt by yes. them themselves, of course. So they created the problem that they then uh, and also um, one of those. Uh, um, yeah, so that's uh, it's so and then you have it. The second time was then the. Uh, Oh, I forgot the name on that second time. That was the one that fell apart when America didn't oh, join. Oh, you mean League of Nations? Yeah, League of Nations. And then right. that fell apart. And then after the Second World War, we have this third time they tried again. You know, right. the U, U, uh, the United Nation, yeah, uh, right. UN. That that means one, if yeah. you know France. Un, right. One. Yeah. Why so doesn't the, people? Why doesn't people think about that? Why? And they say, "Oh, it's conspiracy." Well, uh, conspiracy is, is something that is if you if you questioning a known liar, then you will be called a conspiracy theorist. Oh. Yeah, right, right. And uh, the CIA, which came up with that uh, uh, counter argument, the, "Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist," you know, in order to smear anybody who talks about conspiracy and to shut people up if they start talking about conspiracy. It's time that we say, "Oh no, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy truther," and here's what's going on, folks. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah. now the interesting. The yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. And one also they said is that um, this with the the problem also I see in, in our nation to look at it is that the cohesiveness in the, our people has been so divided. It was so divided with what subcultures within mm -hmm. in, in the, where you only pursuing materialism when you only for your in, individual um, pleasures. Would you say so? People are not coherent. They are not coherent. Yeah. So they are only isolated to themselves. So that is also those there's stuff stacked against us, but we have the only living God on our side. So with Him, everything is possible. And what can we fear when we have Him on our side? Yeah. Well, there must be a growing movement to preserve Swedish culture, isn't there? I mean, I mean, a non-socialist, a non-radical socialist movement, isn't there something like that going on in Sweden? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it is. But sorry, I'm sounding a bit, but. I have. I hope they are maybe then uh, higher. Yeah, I, I think Small. it's growing in them, but okay. I'm. I have not really seen it's. I I'm not really seen it. It's not public. Okay. All right. No, it's not public anyway. It's not public, and because the media here is very good at giving it the silent treatment, of course. Right. So they they just kill it by us. Don't talk about it. Yeah, and so multiculturalism is the only thing that gets any press. Yeah, and so so Swedish culture, which is obviously pure white, doesn't get any press at all. Okay. No, it but, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And they only they only you know they mock it. That's the only thing they do. They they you know always that's it done everywhere. They try to mock it and say this old old fashioned I know this garbage. Yes. Now getting back to verse sixteen here, Revelation twelve, I see the interesting possibility here is you know because uh, best laid plans of mice and Jews can still go wrong is uh, I see in the white ethnic community, I'm talking like the Polish, the Germanic, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the Russian, you know, uh, the white ethnic community in Chicago, those people are the most resistant to these orders because they're the ones who 
whose families have come out of communism from Eastern Europe, okay, and they smell, <laughs> they smell the communism, <laughs> right? Whereas uh, uh, typical Americans don't, they don't have the experience, right? So those are, those are the ones least likely to wear face masks in public. They're the ones least likely, uh, plus the American patriots, those who have a constitutional basis for our culture, okay? So what I see happening, and as I reported the, the day that I went to the uh, May 1st demonstration downtown against the lockdown, was that the Mexicans were all wearing face masks on the bus, but white people weren't, okay? White people were resisting, so because they're used to taking orders. They were... They don't question the government. They just take orders. Well, guess who's going to accept the the uh, vaccination, Michael? Yeah, it's them. It's, the, it's yeah. those people that are not used to having freedom, doesn't know the concept of freedom. Yeah. What, what is freedom? And freedom is, yeah, freedom from those tyranny. That is freedom to have you. But but freedom also can be dangerous, of course, because then you have to resist, but it's not dangerous like that way. But yeah. that makes life so much more living. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I'd rather uh, die, a, die a libertarian than uh, live a slave. <laughs> the, the other people have put it better than I just did. But you know, this, is a, this is a real possibility that the non-whites will simply submit and they will die. And then we'll have piles of corpses that need to be buried. Okay? Otherwise, they're going to stink up the state in Madison. <laughs> <laughs> right? And all the government buildings, they're not going to be able to do business with all the dead bodies lying around. So somebody's going to have to clean that mess up. And guess what? Only the unvaccinated will be healthy enough to clean up the mess. Okay? Yeah. And, right? and we, also, we also know that vaccination is, they have loaded with different oh. toxins, among other aluminum. And what is that? It is something that will work in what to say with the 5G, so the yes, interaction right. here, you will be more recipient to this this how uh, use the right word with the 5G. Yeah. So that I also sent this um, to you earlier, Eli, this right. clip where it speaks about the uh, the difference between that there are difference in in the races, and that is uh, how our mitochondria works. That is one of the difference that we are so blessed that we can be both in the heat and in the cold. Right. Not everybody can be that, and that can then also be one of the savior from the 5G that uh, our dear enemy haven't count on. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and the vast majority of these uh, you know, 5G towers are going to be in the cities where, you know, and the non-white culture, they tend to congregate much closer. They don't need as much personal space as white people do. And I'm perfectly comfortable out in the country, you know. I could stand in the middle of a farm field with nobody around for miles, and I feel perfectly at home, <laughs> right? But Mexicans, where's, where's my brother? Where's my sister? Let's get together and party, you know, which is one good thing about Mexican culture is it's very family-oriented, However, um, speaking to one of my uh, associates in uh, my Chicago congregation here, who is employed as a bodyguard and security guy, he said the most dangerous place you could be is a Latino wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, because fights break out all the time. So much for family love, <laughs> right? Okay. So, and uh, he says second worst are, are the blacks. 
But he says it's worst among Latinos because the, the emotions flare up. They start fighting each other. And, you know, I think every Mexican couple or even Latino couple, broadly speaking, they, they share memories of a wedding that had a brawl, right? And so security, every one of these non-white weddings requires security. Oh. Okay. That was new for me. Yeah, that's the way it is. Okay. The blessings of multiculturalism, folks. Okay, so I'm hoping that our analysis is correct here, that Revelation 12, 16 will be fulfilled by the vaccination, and the the, the Jews are going to eliminate the people that they have been flooding into our countries by themselves. They're gonna, yeah, because they're, they probably will be hoist on their petards. Yeah, I think go. you used that word before. <laughs> There you go. Okay. But that doesn't mean, now, of course, they're going to try to use the military to force the white people to get vaccinated. You know, some white people will comply. Those who are just ignorant of what's really going on and they still trust government and they still trust allopathic medicine. But uh, people who believe in liberty are going to resist and there's going to be some heavy resistance. Okay. All right. So verse 17, and uh, it, it says here, and the dragon was wroth with the woman. Who's the woman, Michael? Well, it's we, it's Israel. Yeah, true Israel. The 12 tribes. And the dragon, yeah, and the dragon is, of course, the Edomites Amen. and the Rothschild. Amen. So, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. The remnant. This is very interesting. And- Go ahead. Yes, and what I what I when I read this verse, the the word that I know the the word, word that for me stuck out is that word you read, seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do the do the churches do this? Do the churches read this when they see seed? What how what what are they saying? It is exclusive. Uh, no, it must mean cotton, maybe grape seed, <laughs> uh, uh, apple seed. <laughs> Right? Well, no, but it, it can't be when you say remnant of her seed. Right? It can't be. It yeah. is. It is the offspring from her, from the woman. It is the offspring from yeah. Jacob Israel. Well, okay. So the absolute proof of what you're saying, Michael, is that the Greek word for seed is sperma. Yes. So that would then debunk the those. Yeah. Uh, uh, all those, um, what do you say, those uh, multi, those, the churches that can't say the truth because they need money from the government. Yeah, right. The 501c3 corporations, LBJ, was the mastermind behind that. And of course, he was a, a Zionist, uh, communist Jew, if there ever was one. So, yeah, this is uh, where, where we're at, folks. The remnant of her sperma. But it only talks about the remnant. Now, uh, the interesting thing, Michael... Worldwide, the Rothschilds have been making war against Christianity. And Christianity is by far the most persecuted religion on the face of the earth. And they, they cannot target uh, Christian identity specifically because then they will be admitting that, that we are the ones they are actually trying to get rid of, namely the remnant. Okay, But uh, they don't mind killing off all Christians of all races just to, with a, let's say, a, a shotgun approach, okay? And then ho- hopefully that one, one pellet will hit a, an Idenian, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, the rest, and 90 non-whites to one white, and then they might get a remnant of our seed in the process, which is the approach they've taken. 
But now it says, now they went to make war with the remnant. After they got rid of all of the other people that were standing in the way, uh, you know, blocking their view of us, now they want to make war directly at us. Okay? And that's when they, when the vaccination part is over. That, Michael, is when I think they're going to tra- target identity people specifically. Okay? That's yeah, because... I, yeah. Uh, only we are the one that knows what it's about. Yeah, we are the main opposition. To We know who they are. We know who we are. And uh, we have the protection of Yahweh. <laughs> they know it. And what they have to do, they have to degenerate us. They have to immoralize us to make us to, uh, unprotectable. Because as long as, yes. the, as the verse says here, who obey the commandments of God. If they can get us to stop obeying the commandments of Yahweh, then they've got us. Yeah, that is how we get their foot into the door. So we are we are only, what to say, use the word beast. We only care about uh, the next day's pleasures. That's the only thing. Oh, take that. I can keep on with my hedonistic yes. lifestyle. Right, yeah, to turn us into materialists. That's the aim, is to turn us into materialists so we lose our faith and we lose our morals. And that's what the Jewish educational and entertainment system is really good at, <laughs> degenerating us, okay? So I'm going to quickly quote from my article on, uh, again, folks, anglo-saxonisrael.com is back up. I'm populating it with articles as we speak. Uh, Right now we're going to be quoting from an article entitled, The Eighth Beast of the Apocalypse. So you can go to www.anglo-saxonisrael.com under Documents and search for The Eighth Beast in the drop-down section there. And I'm going to be quoting from the bottom of page one. Concerning the deliverance of true Israel in the latter days, Paul at Romans 11.25 has this to say, quote, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, as we were just talking about, <laughs> you know, abandoning Yahweh's law and faith in Jesus Christ, Yahshua Messiah. And so if you become wise in your own conceits, and I put in parentheses here secular humanism, which is what uh, has been happening to Europe, to the world in general, materialism, that blindness in part has happened to Anglo-Saxon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Gentiles is, of course, a bad translation. It should simply say nations until the fullness or the ripeness of nations has come in. I think, Michael, it's safe to say that we don't have any new nations emerging anymore. That's all That's all done and over with. You know, whatever number yeah. of nations we have... That they're in place, and uh, the judgment day is coming down on all of these nations as we speak. So I think that's what Paul is referring to here. If you take the word Gentiles out and replace it with nations, it's the verse is understandable. So uh, you know, what what could Paul if if Paul is really talking about Gentiles, namely non-Jews, uh, it doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, so. But uh, the fact is that all the nations have been, and it could also be interpreted to mean that uh, the power of the nations has been overthrown by, guess what? The Rothschilds League of Nations, or not League of Nations, United Nations, okay? So, 
Paul is talking about a future time when nations shall have outlived their time. That time is now, for the international corporations will have us all be citizens of a global corporate state. Uh, is that where we're at, Michael? Yeah, well, we have those big, big, big uh, corporations that have they almost merged with the with the state, or almost more powerful than what the state is, and those yes. are the then those are the one that will survive a lockdown. They are the one that can what do you say over shelter, mm -hmm. but it's the small one they want to get rid of, and the small one small one is the Christian one. They right. so they can. That's why they they have done this because the yeah this bigger one will probably lose some on it, but they 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 will survive it. They yes. will for sure. But the smaller one, the privately um, Christian companies, they can't overwinter this kind of lockdown. That's why you have the lockdown, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, when even when Abraham Lincoln issued his warning about corporations and an era of corruption in high places. This is during the height of the Civil War. He had this dream, a vision, that the corporations would rule the world. And that, that is indeed the case. There are many corporations that have a larger gross product than many nations do, right? And this marriage between corporations and a new entity called non-governmental organizations, kind of a half-government, half half-corporate entity, Okay, that also is part of global governance. And you have now the entire field of allopathic medicine has become part of global governance, has it not? The abortion industry, Michael, you name it. Everything, everything. That's, that's considered medical, at least in terms of the Rockefeller Rothschild model of allopathic medicine, is part of global governance. Yeah, they have they're mingled in. They have they have become one with them. So yes. and that's uh, they have been yeah. that. So it's Doctor Rothschild, if you please, <laughs> right? Oh my! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> no. Uh, well, I, I, let's put it this way: the the last step before the grave is the hospital. Yeah, okay, it is. So you want to make sure that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is where we're at, where it's at, folks. All right, this marriage between global corporations and global government is called governance, N-A-N-C-E. -E. And the elite bureaucrats, politicians, or it's also called the New World Order, politicians and businessmen of the world see this as the quote-unquote answer to the quote-unquote chaos of nationalism, unquote. But, Michael, you know as well as I do that all wars are bankers' wars. They're not wars of nationalism. No, never been. That yeah. is the. This was the startup with when the Rothschild did. That was the first one in the Napoleonic War. Right. <laughs> and sorry for my bad uh, pronunciation, but you understand that was the first time. And from that time on, every war war has been financed by them, and they have been earning huge amount of money, and we have created more space for them and less for us. Yeah. Now it's funny how. The left is so worried about the military-industrial complex, but never once do they worry about who finances the military-industrial complex. Isn't that incredible that they never think about that? They've been so brainwashed not to look there. They have been, uh, they have been, what do you say? They have been put occupied on other thoughts, never yeah. on the real, real what you should look after. Yeah. Follow the money. 
Blame America, blame Germany, blame Iran, blame Iraq, but do not blame the bankers or the Israeli state. Don't blame them. That's oh, because, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, the programming is really thick, folks. If you follow their lead, you're, you're going to wind up in hell. You're going to wind up in hell. So the, the sputum that they puke out is all wars are uh, wars of nationalism. That's a lie, folks. Hold on to your seatbelts because the ride is going to get rough. Jesus also gives us a very specific prophecy about the last days. We know we are in the last days because, as prophesied, the gospel has been preached throughout the world, even to countries we have never heard of. The Bible has been translated into over 400 languages. It will be preached in all the world, not necessarily to all the world, okay? And so we see... Oops, I just lost my type, my uh, document here. disappeared off my screen. All right, so in any case, this is the prelude. We have all kinds of uh, proof that we are in the end times. So, okay, I'm back uh, in, in the document here. So just to set things up with uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the image of the beast. When Nebuchadnezzar had his first terrifying dream, he asked Daniel to interpret the dream for him. In the dream, he saw the image of a statue of a multiple beast, which had a head of gold, breast and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron and clay. This composite image was, in the dream, completely destroyed by Yahweh. Daniel interpreted the dream in this way. He said that Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom was the head of gold. After him, there would come other kingdoms symbolized by the other elements of the image. The final kingdom would be divided into two parts, which is symbolized by the legs and feet. It was during Daniel's presence in Babylon that the first shift in power from gold to silver in the image took place. Darius, king of the Medes and Persians, invaded Babylon and conquered it, slaying Belshazzar, son of Nebuchadnezzar. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom being about threescore and two years old, Daniel 5, 30, and 31. The historical date of this event was 539 B.C. We can see that the meaning of the dream image is that of successive kingdoms or empires, starting with Babylon, the head of gold, succeeded by Medo-Persia, the breast and arms of silver, and who else? Since Daniel did not live long enough to record the next kingdom, we must turn to the history books to find out who is represented to, by the lower aspects of the image. The kingdom of brass, belly and thighs, was realized by none other than Alexander the Great of Greece, who conquered the Medo-Persian Empire in 330 BC. Of this brass kingdom, Daniel further prophesied that this kingdom would be divided into four parts, Daniel chapter 11. The extreme accuracy of this prophecy defies tremendous odds, as Alexander's empire after his death was indeed divided into four sub-kingdoms, namely Greece under Cassander, Thrace under Lysimachus, Syria under Antigonus, and Egypt under Ptolemy. So, folks, this is real history, and the Bible, as we said at the start of the show, the Bible and history correspond 100%. The legs of iron, therefore, must represent the Roman Empire, which defeated Greece in a series of wars between 197 and 146 B.C., 
and the division of the Roman Empire into two separate empires occurred in 395 AD, when Byzantium, the Eastern Empire, split off from the original Roman Empire. The legs of iron are the symbol of the Roman soldiers marching all over Europe, Asia, Minor, and North Africa, and the feet of iron and clay symbolize the end of the Roman expansion after the split between the Eastern and Western Empires. Once these two feet were planted, they were stuck in the mud or clay. They even became rivals for the control of Christendom. So, that sets us up for uh, the book of Revelation. The beast with seven heads and ten horns. So, Michael, let's get into it. Revelation chapter 17, over to you. Yeah, thank you. This You have uh, written this very well, this article, where you des- describe those historical accuracies, the historical, where you can fo- follow the beast. That something that uh, struck, <laughs> yeah. struck me. Well, that's and, a, that's a good. That, yeah, the old saying is follow the money. Now we can say follow the beast. <laughs> follow the beast, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah because go. always, uh, for example, Babylon was followed by a beast that defeated her. It was the Medo Persians. And again, the Medo Persians were defeated by Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great was, and the four empires that were divided, they were defeated by the Romans. So the beasts always follow each other and they are defeated. So that is how you can trace those, those beasts in history also. That's great. Fantastic. That, All right. That we are going to see now in the, when we are going into, I guess, with them, we are then going to start in the chapter 17 that is describing the times you are in right now. Amen. And, and a little so, bit of history as well. But uh, please continue. Yes, I can start up to read from chapter 17, number one. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many Waters. Okay, so let me uh, interject right here because the great whore is symbolic of a beast or a an entity. In this case, it, it's a woman. So um, the 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 whore is symbolized by a woman, just as Israel is symbolized by a woman, as we just found out in Revelation 12. So this is a battle between two women. One woman being Israel the other woman being the whore that rides upon all of the seven beasts. We only discussed four of them up to this point in in our discussion, but we're going to identify all seven, and then we're going to identify the eighth in, in the last couple of episodes of this series. So the great whore, porne, a strumpet, an idolater, harlot, whore. From the, porne is the Greek term here. Back to you. Yeah, and, and what struck by me when I read this is always when you read God's words and, and when you read is much seven, seven in his seven angels, seven vials. It is yeah. number seven calling us. Yeah, and that horse sits upon many waters. Well, doesn't that describe the United Nations today? Uh, yeah, waters, that is exactly when we read on here in chapter 17, we will see a uh, a verse that is verifying that, that the waters that you saw, it is it is people, multitudes, and tongues. That's right. So we're talking about nations. Uh, people taken as streams of water or as bodies of water. Okay, that's the symbolism 
of the book of Revelation. Back to you. Yes, and then we go on to number two. Uh, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Okay, fornication is pornuo, and again, we're talking pornography, right? Uh, isn't it the case, Michael, that the money power has always promoted sexual uh, license, sexual deviation, uh, pornography, uh, going to the movie, uh, a burlesque, <laughs> right? Burlesque came to America with the Jews, folks. Okay? It came to America with the Jews. And uh, these, it's the Jewish nation that rides upon all these other nations, sometimes in the background, but sometimes right in our midst, as in America, you know, since the uh, 1890s when they started moving here en masse from Russia, from the Pale, and from Poland. Okay, so this is what we're talking about here. There is another entity riding on the beasts, on all seven beasts, and that's the great whore. And we could call it Talmudic Judaism, we could call it the, the international banking system, all these uh, systems of perversion and denigration and degradation that uh, the Talmudic Judaism has foisted on the world. That's what we're talking about here, folks. Back to you, Michael. Yes, and um, then we go on to number three. So, so, he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet um, colored beast full of names of blasphemy, blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Okay, so... Blasphemy, well, all kinds of insults to uh, the, the God of heaven, uh, to Jesus Christ, to the Holy Spirit, etc. Uh, Christianity, okay, the religion of the woman. All kinds of insults against us. And it's this beast that has seven heads. All right, so we just uh, discussed four, four of those kingdoms that uh, come from Daniel. So the way to understand all seven beasts in the book of Revelation is to understand that those four beasts from Daniel make up the torso of this seven-headed beast in Revelation. So the middle uh, kingdoms are Babylon, the Medes and Persians, the Greeks, and the Roman Empire. Okay, But the Roman Empire, we'll find out later, is divided into two parts because it's the kingdom that uh, got the deadly wound and recovered from the deadly wound. We'll discuss that in great detail later on. But so, if those are the middle ones, then we have to look into the past. Who were the kingdoms that preceded Babylon? Well, it's really obvious. It was Egypt and Assyria. So, Egypt, just to bring people up to date was the first empire in the series of seven kingdoms. It was defeated by the Assyrians, which in turn was defeated by the Babylonians. And we also already discussed, you explained how the, uh, each succeeding beast must defeat the previous beast militarily and in chronological order. And that's what we have here. 
because the Assyrians did beat the, the Egyptians and the Babylonians beat the Assyrians. That's how, that's how this works. Now, every one of these kingdoms had a group of money-lending bankers work, and also priests because it was in, in those days with Egypt and even today, because we're talking about the Jewish religion as it is today. The Jewish religion is not a scriptural religion. The Jewish religion is banking using religion, using the Bible as a cover for its illicit activities. That's what Judaism really is, folks. It's not a biblical religion at all. It's the religion of banking. It's the religion of money lending with religious, you know, uh, biblical charade covering up the banking operations. Over to you, Michael, if that makes sense yeah, to you. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. And also what I see when I read those this seven heads, that represents for me the beast that was before. There were seven beasts before we come to this the eighth beast. That right. is how we come to the conclusion it is eight beast. The eight beast, that is representation. Yeah, we so. are living in the time of the eighth beast. There's no doubt about that. And everybody needs to understand what that eighth beast is. The power behind the eighth beast is obviously the banking system. The banking system. Yeah. Okay, right? And that, that is for me when you read in, in verse number two, uh, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Yes. That is for me the banking system. That's because all the nation of the earth have have been in their, in, in their bed, would you say, yeah. the lending money. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So, um, and then, so we've just identified the seven, be- well, we neglected to mention the seventh, that would be Napoleon, okay? Napoleon defeated Rome, and we'll explain exactly how Napoleon defeated the uh, second phase of the Roman beast, uh, the Roman kingdom, which was the papacy, the Holy Roman Empire, okay? And uh, those nations that were fighting against Napoleon were the last remnant of the Holy Roman Empire. Okay? That's what Napoleon defeated. And so he defeated Rome. And then he, in turn, was defeated by the banking establishment. As, as We'll identify and we'll explain exactly how that happened. And the ten horns of uh, Revelation chapter 3, I mean verse 3, 17, 3, are the original ten nation-states that formed the Holy Roman Empire, okay? And that would be the Burgundians, the Alans and Swaves, the Lombards, and many others. I'll, I'll have to dig up the exact list. I don't have it in front of me. So we, maybe we can identify the, those today before our time is up. So so let's continue. Uh, here, uh, let me just say one more thing about the banker-priest. Every single empire that we're talking about here has had a religion of banker-priests uh, operating in the background. Now, the first two, Egypt and Assyria, actually were supported by the state, and actually in the third beast as well, in Babylon, the, the religion of banker-priests operated with the temple, uh, the temple being the gathering place of the money, that the traveling salesmen, the caravans, and uh, etc., would pay the temple priesthood for the services of the temple prostitutes. Okay, that's why it's a great whore. It still operates this way today, Michael. In fact, the Bank of England was created in exactly this way 
the Rothschild, well, it was before the Rothschilds, the, the Dutch bankers that financed Cromwell and ultimately overthrew Charles I and placed Charles II on the throne in order that the Bank of England could be created. They used prostitutes to compromise the British lords who would be voting on whether or not to create the Bank of England. Uh, do you think those prostitutes did a good job, Michael? Yeah, they 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 did. They that's that is so sorry, but to see the weakness of of us, it is the, the women is a weakness for us apparently. Yeah, to men it in is. power. Yeah, uh, a, a nice sleazy prostitute is all it takes to bring a good man down. All right, that's all it takes. Yeah. And, and isn't the uh, who was the most prominent one of those? Was it? I don't remember the name of that yeah. uh, that woman. But yeah. isn't that diary owned by the Rothschild? Barbara Villiers was her name. Yeah, Barbara Villiers, yeah. and she and, was and the no. mistress to Charles II, as well as mistress to various lords, and uh, maybe even lordesses. I don't know. <laughs> In those days, anything's possible with these bankers. They will corrupt anybody and anything in order to get what they want. Yeah, okay. and her diary is, and her diary is in the hands of the Rothschild. I read. That's right. Yeah, her diary. That could be. But uh, there was a book written about her. Just to look it up. It's a very. In fact, we should probably dig that uh, book out for this series to explain exactly how the Bank of England was created. It was created by with the use of prostitutes. So here we see again. This is the theme of prostitution and banking. The, those two entities has always gone hand in hand, folks, always together, okay? Because they use prostitutes to compromise and other things. Now, homosexuality today, they just branched out into other forms of prostitution and uh, degeneracy and blackmail, okay? This is what we're talking about, folks. Banking and blackmail. Follow the beast, okay? So, this system of temples that had banker priests running the show often in cooperation with the government with the king sometimes without the cooperation of the king because sometimes these banker priests would all uh, would do operations on their own and cheat the king out of his tax revenue for example right Jews wouldn't do that would they Michael I don't know. Uh, haven't you read about the, the the one of the apostles that did follow Jesus Christ, the the Jewish oh, Iscariot? Yeah. Right. Didn't right. he take money for his own sake? Uh, he sure did. He sure did. And what was his excuse? Well, the the people need money. Don't spend this money on expensive ointment, <laughs> right? Give it to the poor. But he didn't give it to the poor. He kept it for himself, didn't he? Okay. All yeah, right, so. so let's continue. This is uh, we told you that true history is really interesting and entertaining, didn't we? Back to you, Michael. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number four, then. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of the abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Okay, so Bedel Lugma, Bedel Lugma, a detestation that is idolatry, abomination, 
Okay, so we can see that this global banking system has been promoting all forms of degenerate entertainment, uh, gambling, prostitution, abortion, uh, you know, same-sex marriage, everything. Everything that's happening today, and of course it's worse today than it's ever been because the general public now is indulging in all of this stuff, and certainly politicians have been, and what about adrenochrome, uh, child abduction, and killing children for their blood, drinking blood. Look about Prince Andrew and Hillary Clinton. Over to you, Michael. Yeah, I can only agree with what you're saying. Here, you also see, you can read it, that there, this is, there, it is decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. There are right. So they look pretty good, I guess, when it's, uh, when I read <laughs> right. this one. But they try to how they sell it. Isn't that how they sell it also? Well, yeah, it takes advantage of people's desire to be rich. Yes, they are. Okay. That's what they're doing. They have that big hotshot car, right? And, and mm-hmm. the girl in the bikini sitting next to you in that, in that uh, convertible, right? The Hollywood lifestyle. That Hollywood has been like, oh, Epstein and uh, all of the Hollywood magnates. And all of the beautiful half-naked women they parade around, or not fully naked women, they parade around on the TV screen and the movie screen, talk about the filthiness and the abominations and fornication, all decked out in pearls and diamonds and such. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here it is, folks. Has, it, has this come to pass, Michael? Are we living this? Yeah, it's Amen. been fulfilled. <laughs> Amen right? to that. I mean, you can't you can't describe it any better. Hollywood Babylon, back to you. Yes. Okay. Let's go on to verse number five. And upon her forehead was a name written: Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth and all this that I read from mystery that is in capitalized words yes right capitalized words and and the reason uh, I don't know why the um, King James translators decided to capitalize this Uh, there's no way they could have understood what this you know mystery Babylon the great was or is Okay, but uh, they were so impressed by the language here, they capitalized this. Okay, so we've already talked about the fact that the Babylonian banking system, which began in Egypt, was carried forward in uh, Assyria and was perfected in ancient Babylon. The banker priest operation that, uh, well, these bankers would store the gold and silver and other goods in the in the storehouse of the temple. And the government provided the bodyguards and the army to protect that storehouse. Okay? So these banker priests were a very privileged class. They were protected by the army. They were you know, promoted by the king because, well, tax money came from there as well. Okay? So the king and the priests got along really well (laughs) with this system. Is that not the case today, Michael? 
It is the same thing again. You have those uh, priests, what do you call them, priest bankers. Yes. You have them same again. But today it's not, well, King. our kings has been, they have put them out of, they have not the power they had used to have. But it was the same time when the kings had, they also had their bankers behind their scenes. That, ex- right. that also existed. But now it is the nation's. That is the king, representative of the kings. And then behind them are still the central bankers, the Amen. Rothschild Inc. and their their local agent. That is right. is on different of our nations in, in America. That is the Rockefellers is their local agent. And in Sweden, they are called Wallenberg. Okay. Well, the, we have um, the reason why it's a mystery to most people is because they just do not see the operations of the bankers behind the scenes. It's not reported on in the press. There are very, very few movies done about it. I think there was only one movie ever. Oh, well, there are documentaries, independent documentaries done about the you know, Jewish bankers, the Rothschilds, etc. Uh, if you go online, just, just type in, you know, the uh, Jewish bankers and uh, war, you know, all wars are bankers' wars. You can just type that title in. But the connection between banking and wars and banking and control of nations uh, is very, very great. But you will never hear anything of the, about this in mainstream media. Magazines, there might have been uh, one or two documentaries about it. But again, these are independent documentaries not produced by Hollywood, not produced by the status quo. Okay. So you have to figure this out for yourself. You have to do your own research. And the primary mystery here, Michael, is the fact that the Federal Reserve Bank, as well as the Bank of England and all these other so-called national banks, are actually private banks owned by Jews, such as the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and uh, other Jews, who uh, pretend masquerade as if they were part of the government. Okay, for example, here in America, the president of the United States goes through this uh, ceremony, which is nothing but a big charade, of appointing the next head of the Federal Reserve Bank. Well, the president doesn't appoint that person. That person is pre-selected by the bank. Okay, but in order to convey the appearance to the American people that the president is in control of the bank, they go through this ceremony. Every time there's a new head of the Federal Reserve. No, the Federal Reserve Bank is a private corporation owned by Jews, the richest Jews in the world. They have the power to issue our currency to us, which the U.S. Treasury should be doing. And the reason they assassinated Kennedy was because with his executive order 11110, he was uh, creating treasury notes in competition with Federal Reserve notes. That's why they had to get rid of Kennedy. Okay, so very, very few people are aware of how the banking system actually works, and by no means are these national banks. These are private banks masquerading as national banks. Your comment, Michael. Yeah, and as you said, not much have been done. Movies and stuff like this. There is one, one Swedish film from the 1939 that is called Panik, and that film is about how there were an an um, an conspiracy and a Bolshevik Bolshevik conspiracy, 
against uh, Ivar Krieger, and that describes the bankers how they acted toward him. There was right. it's Filmonite how. Uh, yeah, how this uh, yeah Edomite conspiracy was against him, and that that is one of those movies that tried to depict um, the this string, this mystery, this mystery. But it's very few b- b- between the movies that it's trying to depict the how this mystery is done. This mystery is, uh, we refer maybe to it uh, the string pullers, how they pull the strings and mm. how it is done, because they can make the whole world fall upon a nations within seconds, and that is like the string pull. It's like uh, and this did also work. In the previous time, in the in the late 30s, 40s, it worked the same. So they are still as they were effective then as they are today. This this to make they this mystery that all the world can come against one nation just with a, with a flick of a pen or a flick with a right. telephone. Yeah. Well, as uh, Daddy Rothschild said, I care not who makes the laws as long as I create the money. Right. That's how powerful this business of money creation is. It's very, very powerful. And because if you can create the money, you can pay bribes and blackmail money to the right people and get them on your side. And if they don't cooperate, then a bullet in the head. Right. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's unfortunately they do because they have the. If you have the money, you can do whatever you want. You you control everything. You control you control the people how much salary they have. You can just increase yeah. the money supply, and people think, oh, I'm so rich. Oh, I get uh, get uh, mortgage to the house. I'm so rich. But then, okay, they can also make you uh, as uh, as uh, what do you say as have a little money as the as the local rat in the ship, the ship rat. Mm-hmm. I don't know what use the word, but you yeah. can be very. But the, when they collapse the economy, they just restrict the money supply, so yeah. they control everything by this. Right. They can uh, bull or bear the market, as the uh, you know the capitalists say. But you can bull the market by creating money, by expanding the money supply, and you can restrict the market by pulling the money out of circulation. That's all they have to do. It's just that simple. Yet nobody, the vast majority of the public, not one in a hundred thousand people understands that this is how the system works. They assume that the Federal Reserve Bank, or in England, the Bank of England, you, I'm sure you have a Swedish equivalent, they assume that the government determines how much money is in circulation, and therefore, doesn't the government get to blame when things fall apart instead of the bankers? Yeah, always. Oh, you didn't do enough. You why didn't you um, protect us? Why? Why? How can you let this happen? Uh, they will blame it on the politicians. They get rid of them. Yeah. Um, and a, that a, is, new, a new crop of politicians who are just as beholden to the bankers as the last crop of pocket politicians. Yeah, and then um, and uh, for all your, if you are from Sweden or not, you you know that in Sweden uh, the national bank here is name is. Um, Sveriges Riksbank, and that is the natural bank here. And it's, they also use those names. They call it Sweden's. Right. But hey, we know this. That is not. It's not <laughs> that Swedish. Is, this is the, it's Jewish. No, it is. Right. No, it is one, yeah, exactly. And the one that runs it and puts the people in the throne here is done in the local, in the in the bank office of uh, um, of SCB. That is the Wallenbergs uh, bank here. That's them that shows who will sit in the in those places there. Is that Wallenbergs? The Wa- Wallenbergs? Yes. Okay. And they're Jews? Yes. Wallenbergs? Okay. So we can see every single nation on the face of the earth 
with the possible exception of Iran and maybe North Korea, has a national bank run by Jews operating on the usury system and the fiat money, money creation system, which means that the central bank can create money out of nothing simply by printing. In the old days, they used the printing press. Today, it's blips on a computer screen. Money create, And uh, the plan is, and we'll get into this, folks, the plan is to have nothing but uh, electronic money. And they've already they started this system in Wuhan, China, a totally cashless system where your credit card or your credit account, you don't even need credit cards anymore. It'll simply be de- deducted from your account. Your supposedly government account, no, but it's your Jewish banker who owns that account. Okay, and then they can punish you, but if you if you jaywalk or if you fail to get a vaccination, they will close your account. You cannot buy or sell without the mark of the beast, Michael. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> so so true. That is exactly how they going to. That's why they want to get rid of, get rid of get that. Get rid of cash. They won't try to make right. cash dirty. So, oh, you cannot use it. You will, you will spread the virus. You will, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Tell yeah, me another one. Right. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make you immune from the electronic virus, right? That your, uh, that your account could be hacked with. Because you know, Bill Gates devised the Windows system with back doors for advertisers and hackers. Do you think? That this new system is going to be honest? Do you think that, Michael? They have already arranged so they know their back doors. That's, That's right. Of course they have done. It's, again, it's like the fox is guarding the hen house. <laughs> right. And, but people take the, think the fox is a big old hen. <laughs> right? <laughs> a wolf in sheep's clothing. In, in this case, a, 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 a fox in hen's clothing. This is, and people simply are clueless, utterly clueless, that this is the way the world economic system works. Utterly clueless. Therefore, mystery Babylon. But it is also simultaneously the great mother of harlots and of abominations of the earth. Because all of the debauchery, degeneracy, uh, you know, prostitution, everything, gambling, uh, the uh, transhumanism, allopathic medicine, all of this is financed through this global banking system called the House of Rothschild. That's what, that's where the money comes from. They control all these central banks, and that's where the money of issuance, the so-called currency, comes from. And the people are none the wiser. They think it's government money. No, it's not. It's private Jewish banker money. The banker priests. It's the banker priest system. Okay, let me take a quick look and see how much time we have left here, because we're on uh, we're on a different timer than usual, and we have about 14 minutes left. So let's continue with the discussion here. Let's go into Revelation chapter uh, 17, verse six. Yes, let's uh, go on and. And verse number six, and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. 
hand when I saw her. I wondered with great admiration. Okay, so this this deserves a, a lot of historical analysis. Okay, so the Jews and their banking system and their uh, usurious economic system has always been working in the background and many times in the foreground as the government's bank of issue, okay, which people mistake for the government bank when actually it's a private Jewish bank that they earn interest on and then they capitalize on fiat money inflation by spending money into circulation that they they don't have to earn. They just create it and spend it into circulation. They get top top value for the money they spend into circulation where we have to work for it. And then we pay taxes on it and pay interest on it. So they're constantly stealing from us with every dollar, mark, kroner. Is that your system of currency in Sweden? Kroner? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. You know that. Yeah. So, yeah. So they, uh, they, they steal from us constantly, well, number one, by issuing the money themselves, which they don't work for. Then they charge us taxes on that money that we earn, and they charge interest on it. I mean, there's multiple ways they're, they're thieving from us by the second. And people don't understand that they're being robbed every moment of the day by these bankers. Michael, they just don't understand it. No, exactly. They, they have been taught the, uh, by the Rothschild priest, would you say, the modern economist, how uh, economic works. So then they will be blinded. And that's um, how you do get this, uh, what do you say, this this game going, this right. Ponzi scheme going by having those, those priests, those economic people that they're just giving smoke screens about how it works. But yeah. it is when you go to the bottom of it, bottom of it, it is pretty simple. Yeah, but uh, the churches cooperate with the beast by proclaiming that the Jews are God's chosen people. So those are the last people a Christian would suspect of being the great harlot of Revelation. Yeah. Right? So here yes, again, here, here's another example of the fox guarding the henhouse. It again, yeah, they're guarding the hen house, and they always put themselves in those positions. And so what they do is they breed the hens, reap the eggs, and then they slaughter an occasional chicken as they see fit, right? But they got to keep the hen house going, because as the old saying is, you can't kill the goose that lays the golden egg, right? <laughs> but nevertheless, with the world population at 7.5 billion, they have determined that the that 7 billion have to go, and only 500 million will be left. That's the plan. Oops. Yeah, they have it. Right? So they have to have a number of hens in the hen house to keep, uh, let's put it this way, the slave master has to have a sufficient number of slaves to keep the economy going, to keep the plantation going. And that's the plan, to eliminate, and this Bill Gates and all of the other eugenicists at the Club of Rome, the various, how should I put this, the uh, tax-exempt corporations like the Ford Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, etc., etc., the so-called philanthropists, such as Bill Gates and company, who plan and openly say, we have to reduce the population of the world 
how are we going to accomplish this? Well, abortion, uh, you know, birth control. What about inoculation? Aren't they killing people with uh, with vaccinations, Michael? Yeah, they are, and they're saying they're protecting them. But again, it's the, this um, what do you say? This um, uh, snake oil they are selling. They are the ones selling the snake oil. Right. It's called allopathic medicine. Right. It's called vaccination. This is snake oil, folks. And there is no such thing as crib death without vaccination having occurred before crib death. Every case of crib death is preceded by vaccination. There's no recorded instance of crib death without vaccination, folks. And same with autism. Autism was unheard of. One in 50,000 before uh, large-scale vaccination programs began. Now it's under one in 25, and it's projected to be one out of two children will become autistic. How is this possible? It's because of vaccinations, folks. They're, no, no, so they're giving us a slow death, Michael. This is how cruel and unusual this is because vaccinating children causes them to become sick and or die. But most of these children have lifelong Ill, illnesses, including autism, that the parents of these children now must take care of these children in a lifelong struggle to take care of a very sick child. And the sickness was caused by the vaccination, by the very doctors they trusted. Here again, Mystery Babylon. They don't even suspect that the doctors are the ones causing these illnesses when these are <laughs> nothing but whores. For Mystery Babylon, Michael, that's what they are. These doctors are, no, whether they realize it or not, they are nothing but whores for Mystery Babylon. Yeah, and that's how they exactly this fornication that they are full of, because that's how they earn their living bread, how they get their money. I guess that is how in America, how the doctor earn a lot of money. It is to cooperate with them and selling a lot of drugs and sell a lot of the vaccinations. And also, I guess, also when people die, call it they have received uh, the coronavirus. Because I read, I heard somewhere that you, that um, insurance company in America pays uh, um, pays the, I guess the doctors ten ten thousand dollars if they state it was the coronavirus that did it. Right. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, in the, the hospitals themselves, I think they get uh, thirteen thousand dollars per uh, entry with coronavirus. You know, that's a great. Uh, what do you call it, incentive to diagnose people with coronavirus instead of what they're really sick with, right? Like seasonal flu, for example. All right, and then they get $39,000 if they put them on a respirator. So there's tremendous incentive for these doctors and hospitals to diagnose improperly. Yeah, it is, exactly. So those money, this again, follow the money. Yeah. Why do you get so much, much money to call it coronavirus? Yeah. Why do you get much more money? $13,000 for just saying, yeah, it's corona. And they could say 10, 10 per day. Whoa, they have a lot of money for doing nothing. So we can see that this great horror is bedecked with all kinds of sparkly stuff, you know, jewels. And, oh, oh, how about a... Um, 
uh, how, how, what do you call the, uh, uh, the, that, that device that the doctor puts around his neck and listen to your heart? I forgot what they call that. <laughs> uh, so, and, and then the, the magnifying glass and, and the, uh, the flashlight to look into your eyeballs and stuff like that. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors hiding the fact that it's all corrupt and the bankers control all of it. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's all window dressing. That's what it is, yeah. folks. It's nothing but window dressing, just like the whore that parades up and down the street in that short skirt and high heels and uh, whatever she's dre- and uh, the the jewels and everything else she wears. It's window dressing. Okay, that's all it is. Uh, you yeah, have to seduction. Get, a seduction, absolute seduction, and we have been seduced by Big Pharma into accepting all of these poisons that they administer us, which make us sicker than any other disease possibly could. In fact, the entire industry called the food processing industry, which is simply another division of Big Pharma and Mystery Babylon, they're the ones that produce this junk food and this garbage they call food that looks like food, like margarine, which is not food, which makes us sick. The low-fat diet, which increases our intake of processed carbohydrates, which cause diabetes and obesity, etc., etc. I mean, Michael, it's never-ending. Everything that the typical American, and uh, more and more so people around the world, what I call the industrial diet, right? The industrial diet, is what people are eating, not realizing that th- most of the stuff is not even food. No, it's only made up to be very addictive. Right. And sugar is very addictive. <laughs> right? It's very addictive. And so is aspartame, the sugar substitute. It's very addictive and it increases your appetite. So, wow, I, I mean, we are in the midst of nothing but seduction of various types, including sexual seduction. So, uh, the Hollywood casting couch, right? That's seductive. The movies they produce are seductive. Uh, abortion is seductive. It's an easy way out of uh, a problem that you have. Namely, your, a girl is getting ready to give birth and uh, she, she wants to avoid the embarrassment of giving birth out of wedlock. I don't know if that's an embarrassment anymore today. It was in the 60s. Okay, I don't know if it is anymore today. So, but, you know, marriage. Marriage is passe. So what does it matter if you have a child out of wedlock? Uh, The blacks on welfare, 90% of their children are born out of wedlock. So this is another aspect of Mystery Babylon, how it has debauched the society, how it has destroyed the nuclear family, how socialism and feminism have destroyed the nuclear family. Where does this stuff come from? It all comes from Mystery Babylon, folks. Over to you, Michael. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's promoted. That is the, this this blood, this fornication that the chief gives out. That's what, how I see it, this, this um, abominations and filthiness. The, this, it's all the things it produces. And it said also that all the, the kings of the earth are drunken from it. They have. And right. all the nations, all, everybody has been drinking from it. I mean, so that's how I see it when I read this about this um, 
this this um, that you have this uh, uh, it was in the cup, the golden cup, her hand. Right, that the is, welfare state. The welfare yeah. state it gives you free stuff. Well, what is it that it gives you that's free? Well, you get a monthly check and you have just enough money to buy junk food. Yeah, exactly. That's how it's done. So you get sick uh, faster, and you die faster, yeah, and you and kill your temple. You're, you're, yeah, you kill your right. temple. And uh, that, that you get sick quicker when you eat junk food, garbage. You know, like even, even the you know, the, the best diet they have would be pr- uh, pro- processed meat, <laughs> like like franken chicken, right, and uh, macaroni and, and cake. cheese, cake, yeah, ice cream. This is what these people eat. Yeah, and of course, Eli, of course, pig is a big, big oh, staple diet. Yeah, right. And they all promote pig, right? Yeah, they, all do, they are. Right? Yeah. Because it's the cheapest Why? meat. It's the cheapest yeah. meat. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's against our law to eat it, yeah, so right. don't eat it. Yeah, amen. So st- stick with a biblical diet. But everything, as we started out saying, everything promoted by this mystery Babylon system is anti-scriptural. Anti-scriptural. It has turned the Bible on its head. And the people who, who are running this are Jews who claim to be Israel, but they have turned everything on its head. As the Bible says, woe unto them who uh, make evil good and good evil. That's what they have done. Everything that the Bible forbids, the Jews promote, and Mystery Babylon promotes. That's where we're at, folks. This system runs the world. It rules our politicians, and if they don't behave, they will be assassinated. It's a mafia. It's a banking mafia, and they've created a medical mafia to make people get in line, and they're going to demand that you get vaccinated. Bill Gates and company are going to demand that you get vaccinated. And that may be the last breath you take when you take that shot, folks. All right? That's what's coming. If you don't stop and think about what we're saying here and prepare yourself for the worst, because it is going to get this bad. They're not going to stop now. The Jews and their their daddy, Nachash, <laughs> the dragon uh, of the synagogue of Satan, has been making war against us for 6,000 years. You think they're going to stop now, Michael? No. Uh, give up their power? No. Yeah. All right. Never. Okay. All right. So uh, the timer is telling me we've run out of time. We just scratched the surface here. We're only like six verses into Revelation 17, and we have a lot further to go. We've got Revelation 22 to cover. I think we're going to do this until the Judgment Day itself, Michael. All right? Okay. Thanks for I joining me. I would to do that. Okay? Yeah. We're going to be here for the entire period, uh, giving you a blow-by-blow, because we're the only ones reporting on this as it's happening and as it has been prophesied. The rest of the world is clueless. Thanks, thanks, Michael, again for joining me today. Folks, that's our presentation for today. Stay tuned for uh, uh, the, the coming shows here on Eurofolk Radio. Uh, Voice of Christian Israel will also be pre-recorded today. So thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. And again, thank you, Michael. Thank you. Blessings. Blessings. Take care. Yahweh bless everybody. Good day.